Hey, check it out. Today on today's episode, GM3X, I'm getting a little flashing light there, so I'm going to wait just a second to see if it holds and make sure it actually goes live before I sit here and continue to talk without it connecting. So I've still got a flashing green, still got a flashing green, still got a flashing green. Don't know exactly what that means. Flashing green, it usually has to jump stable before we actually have a stream. Let me get over here on Facebook and see what's happening. There it is. Okay, it does show me on Facebook. So I'm not really sure what that flashing green is, but we're just going to roll with it. Timeout, publishing the stream. Okay, LinkedIn, it did not work over there. Great. This is the day we're going to dive into the best-selling book of all time. Also, uh, Sabrina Cohen. We've got some Sabrina Cohen news for you today. We've also got some tips to make you a better car shopper. That's right, tips to make you a better car shopper. And mostly, and I don't want to say most importantly, but and mostly, we're going to talk about the stories that ultimately shape our lives. That's today's episode of GM3X. Let's go ahead and dive in. Thanks for being here. Welcome to GM3X. I am your host, Glenn Lundy. I am a husband to one, a father to eight, and the founder of the 800% Elite Club. I hope you're ready for motivation, education, inspiration, celebrity interviews, and thought-provoking conversations because it's 5.30 a.m. and it's time to rise and grind. Hey, for those of you on Clubhouse there, it was just, um, oh no, it was probably because I had my headphones turned down. So that probably did work. I just didn't realize that it was working because I turned down the headphones. Okay, now we, all right, good. You just got to keep rocking and rolling this morning. All right, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? That's right. Hey, listen, today is, today is Wednesday, aka CMA Day. That's Carter Myers Automotive Group. The biggest and best group in the auto industry. They're absolutely amazing. If you're ever thinking about joining the auto industry, I highly recommend you check out Carter Myers Automotive Group. But Wednesday is CMA Day, Carter Myers Automotive. Those of you that are here tuning in from CMA, great to see you this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. It's also July 13th, 2022. And what's crazy is today is the very first and the very last time it'll ever be Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. So I want to make sure we make the absolute most. And I do mean the absolute most of this absolutely incredible, incredible day. Listen to you. I'm coming live. I'm coming to you. Don't listen to you. Listen to me. I am coming to you live from Kentucky. That's right. Live from Lexington, Kentucky, where I got in to my house at 1.30 this morning. That's right. I got home at 1.30 this morning. I've spent the last couple of days with the Carter Myers Automotive Group with their leadership up there in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. And I got to tell you, what a trip, man. We spent a lot of time with all of the different leaders. They have a thousand associates over there incredible superhumans from all their stores. We got to spend time and really dive in, right? We got to talk to them about the opportunity they have ahead. We got to talk to them about how they've done really well in their careers. However, the summit is just around the corner. And we got to talk to them about what does it look like to be the one that actually gets to the top? Not the ones not just one that climbs 
the mountain, but the one that ultimately gets to the summit, that last part is always the hardest part, right? So we got to really dive into that and we got to extract from them, which was super cool. We got to extract from them their stories of who the most impactful people were in their life so that we could take lessons from those impactful people on how we could be impactful people in other people's lives, right? And so it was an amazing trip. It was an amazing time uh, on the way up there. I drove uh, this time, I drove from Lexington, Kentucky to Charlottesville. And so actually I ended up driving to Richmond and then back to Charlottesville. But on my way there, I did get pulled over. Yes, yes, I did. I did get pulled over and I did get a speeding ticket on Sunday on my way up there. I got a speeding ticket for, I was I got pulled over for doing 87 miles an hour, 87 miles an hour in a 70. He gave me a ticket. He gave me a speeding ticket for going, um, I think he gave me a speeding ticket for going 78 or something like that, 78 in a 70, right? So I got a speeding ticket on the way up. I drove nine hours or that day. Yep, drove nine hours that day. Got to spend some time playing golf with uh, Tony and some of the other guys there. And then I left last night. We got done training at five. I left at six o'clock last night. And on my way back last night, I was about two hours into my drive, and all of a sudden, they just completely stopped traffic. Apparently, there was like a fire that was going on. There was a fire going on up in the woods somewhere, and the fire was close to the road. So they just blocked us off, and so we were we were on the highway for an hour, just complete complete standstill, nobody moving at all. We weren't even like doing the little rolling thing. It was just complete stop. For an hour, I guess, while they helped put out the fire or make a safe situation, so on and so forth. And so I was on my way back after that. And I'm just like, man, I cannot wait to get home. I would like to be able to get a little bit of sleep. I get this opportunity to do this daily morning show. Got to be the most energetic person in the room. And so I was driving and I was going much slower than before. I was going 81 miles an hour in a 70. And I got pulled over again. Only to be told, only to be told that it actually wasn't 70 miles an hour in that particular area. It was actually 60. So I was going 81 in a 60 and I got pulled over and I got another ticket. And he gave me a ticket for doing four miles an hour over the speed limit. He gave me a ticket for doing 64 in a 60. So I got uh, two tickets on the trip and I continued to make my way back home. And so I got home at 1.30 this morning, uh, just in time to be able to turn around and get back up at 4.30 uh, this morning to be able to be here with you today, right? Now, the good news All of it was good news, but the really good news was that Stranger Things, I had not watched the last couple episodes of Stranger Things yet, and so I was able to, like, rock out to Stranger Things, like, full volume to keep me wide awake, because I got to tell you, even when you're not watching Stranger Things, just listening to Stranger Things, just listening to Stranger Things will keep you awake. (laughs) it'll keep you on your toes. I mean, I had it full volume. It was just rumbling, right? It was rumbling in the truck. If you haven't watched that show, Stranger Things, I highly recommend. It's an incredible, incredible show, right? Now, while I was up there after getting that first ticket, 
while I was up there with the CMA crew, I actually talked to them. I told them same thing that I had gotten a, a speeding ticket and so on and so forth. And I told them the same thing that I'll tell you, because it might kind of sound like it sucks getting a couple speeding tickets over a couple days, right? It might sound like that sucks a little bit, but to be honest with you, I'm super grateful for both of them. I'm super grateful for both of them. And I'll explain to you why. See, I am grateful that I was able to get pulled over twice, get two tickets without ever getting pulled out of my vehicle or getting handcuffed or arrested. I am grateful for that because that used to not be what my experience was like when I got pulled over. When I used to get pulled over in a past life, I got pulled out of the vehicle every single time. When I got pulled over in a past life, they always asked if I had weapons on me. They searched my car, all of those things. None of those things happened. The second time I got pulled over, he could give me, he gave me a ticket and I was gone in like four minutes. It was unbelievable. So I am grateful that I can get pulled over and not get arrested, right? Because back in the day, I used to, when I get pulled over, I had to worry, what's up, Chris Martinez? I used to worry that I'd have warrants out for my arrest. And a lot of times I did. And a lot of times I'd go to jail for that. So I'm grateful that I can get pulled over and actually get released to be able to continue with my journey. I'm totally grateful for that. I'm also very, very grateful that I can get two speeding tickets. I can get two speeding tickets in over a course of 60 hours. I can get two speeding tickets and I know that I can financially pay those tickets if I need to. I can financially pay whatever insurance bump they're going to bump me if they're going to bump me on insurance or anything like that. I know that I can afford that and it's not going to take food off my family's table. It's not going to put my wife in a bind. It's not going to put us in a position where we can't pay a bill. Like I'm grateful. So, so grateful that I can get two tickets in a weekend and have it not affect us financially, have it not be a burden, right? And then on top of all of that, I'm just incredibly grateful that I got an opportunity to work with the Carter Myers Automotive Group. Are you kidding me? Like, I am so grateful that I got to spend time with Liza Borges and Danelle Delgado and all the superhumans that work for that organization. I am so grateful that I am actually seen and that people want to hear my voice, that people want to be able to, to spend time with me, that people want to spend a day with me, that people want to train. I am so grateful. One of the, uh, one of the members of Carter Myers Automotive Group, wonderful human by the name of Kim Garner, a lot of you guys know her in here, she stood up in front of the whole group. We asked a question. We said, who is the most impactful person in your life that is a non-family member? Who is the most impactful person in your life that was a non-family member? Out of all the people in her life, she chose me. And in front of everybody in the group, told the group the impact I made in her life. Are you kidding me? I am so incredibly grateful to be able to drive nine hours, spend time with them, get a speeding ticket, pour into them, get poured into by them, turn around, drive back, get another speeding ticket, sit and wait for a forest fire, and get home at 1.30 in the morning to be able to get two and uh, two hours and uh, 10 minutes of sleep and be able to jump in here 
and get to spend time with you today. Are you kidding me? I am grateful for the entire weekend, for the drive. I'm grateful for the truck that I got to drive in because I got a bad boy truck. I'm grateful I was able to t- hook up my phone and listen to Stranger Things and be scared out of like the poop out of my pants every 10 seconds so that I can stay awake. I'm so grateful for the entire thing. Are you kidding me? I'm grateful I was able to sleep in a nice, comfortable, warm bed next to my baby next to my wife, even if it was just for two hours. What a gift. Because I used to sleep in the street. Because I used to not have a car. I used to worry about every single penny, every single dollar. Listen, friends. How you tell the story matters. How you tell the story matters. The story shapes your reality. The stories that you tell yourself, the stories you've been told by others. I can tell the story and say, oh, it sucked. I got two tickets. I had to drive all this. I only got to sleep two hours. I'm so freaking tired. Man, it was freaking awful. I can tell the story that way, and that would be the reality of it. It would have sucked. And all y'all would say, yeah, that does suck. Y'all jump right in bed with me. Yep, then dang, I can't. I, dude, man, that's horrible. Never, you should never do that again. You, next time you better just fly, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm, folks. Today we're going to talk a little bit about this. We're going to talk about stories, the stories we tell ourselves, the stories we've been told by others, and how stories ultimately shape our reality. I want you to think today about the stories you're telling. First, to kick us off, though, we're going to have my girl Jessica Bailey share with us a good news story, a good news story, and then we'll continue to dive right in. Thanks for being here with me this morning. Let's go. you love the beach because I know I do as well as my friend Sabrina Cohen she loves the beach so much that she wants to make it accessible for everyone to be able to enjoy it as much as she does Sabrina was in a terrible car accident 30 years ago at the age of 14 causing her to be paralyzed she set up the Sabrina Cohen Foundation which brings attention to stem cell research for spinal injuries. She hosts beach days in Miami Beach twice a month for those who have disabilities to be able to enjoy the beach where she has over a hundred million dollars. She has a hundred volunteers including lifeguards and physical therapists to help those who can't get through the sand to be able to enjoy the water the way she does. Those volunteers have temporary platforms and specialized equipment to ensure that everyone enjoys their time there. Since 2016, about 8,000 people have participated in Cohen's Beach Days. Cohen's goal is to raise $10.5 million to build an adaptive facility for those to enjoy in Miami Beach. That will include a rooftop pool, special lockers, and special rooms for everyone to get dressed in. Cohen believes this could be used as a model to help build more buildings like this around the world. What an inspiring story for Ms. Sabrina Cohen taking her negative situation that happened to her 30 years ago and turning it into a positive experience for so many people to enjoy. 
that's my good news story for you today. I hope you enjoy your hump day. <laughs> and Jessica is amazing. And look, look how she shifted did the story. Look how Susan Cohen shifted the story, right? She changed the story that she told herself about her experience and ultimately that change. She's now out there making an impact in other people's lives. That's what it's all about, man. We are going to continue to talk about the stories you tell yourselves. We're going to do all those things here in a minute. Just so you know, though, none of this would be able to happen if it wasn't for the 800% Elite Auto Club. So I just want to give 800% Elite Auto a shout out, right? All of my dealers, uh, that I get to work with owners and general managers that I get to work with all over North America. We couldn't do any of the things that we do here with GM3X, the studio, being able to travel, being able to speak on stages, being able to uh, make an impact the way that we can. We couldn't do it without you. So shout out to all my 800% elite automotive dealers. And if you are an owner or a general manager of a dealership anywhere in North America, you need to reach out. You need to connect with us because uh, we'd be having a good time and we'd be learning lots of things. All right. Speaking of learning lots of things, my boy Evan Walters has something that he wants to share with you today as far as when it comes to shopping for a vehicle and the story you may have been told that might not be serving you when it comes to that industry. So I'm going to let Evan jump in here. Then we'll do some dancing and then I got some wisdom to drop on you. Let's go. Good morning. It's Evan with GM3X Auto. And today I'm going to go over two of the ways that you can buy a car. The first way being the ordinary way to purchase it, going through a normal credit union or your bank, 60 months, 72 months with a normal down payment, maybe taxes and fees down, and just making the payment for the entire duration of the loan. That's the first way that you can buy a car. The second way is you could lease. So you can go to the new side and lease a vehicle. Three of the positive things that come from a lease one, you can get a vehicle every three years. So every three years, you can come back in and get a brand new ride. Second is you're not going to have any negative equity at the end of the lease. If there is any negative equity at the time, you can just turn in the keys to the dealer and walk away without being held responsible for that negative equity. The next one is you're going to be able to build credit a little bit faster through captive lending. So you're going to go through one of the franchise lenders to lease that vehicle. It's also going to show up a little bit less, about half of what the normal finance amount would be on your credit. So it'll help build that credit quicker and it'll keep you in a better financial position showing only half of the vehicle on your credit. On a normal purchase, there might be a way that you can't lease or you, you found that purchase is, is the best way to go, which is fine. You can go one of the two routes. And one way that you might want to stick with a purchase would be if you drive 10 to 15,000 miles a month, you're going to rack this thing up with 50,000 plus miles in a year. You're probably going to add up all those fees at the end and it's not going to be worth the lease uh, in that term. Now you could, you could rack for those mileage and account for them up front, and it might make sense. So don't count out just if, if you're saying, man, I drive too much, don't let that count you out just yet. The second thing where a, a purchase might come in handy is if you know you're gonna keep this vehicle for 10 years, if you know that your daughter's gonna drive it when she turns 16 and you're gonna keep it forever, then the purchase might be the way to go for you. And the third way where the purchase might be 
just for you and the lease might not work is if you're wanting to lease a HD heavy duty truck and you're going to be working out of it and it's just not going to make sense at the end of the lease to turn it in or you know you're going to be working out of it, the purchase might be the best way for you. So there are a few ways that you can purchase a car and I just want you to know that you don't have to go with the ordinary 60 months with a small down payment and pay the entire duration of the loan. You can do a lease, you can get out of the vehicle in three years and get into a new one, typically with a lower payment. So it's always good to have your options open and know what's available. So next time you go to buy a car, ask them about a lease, ask them about the original purchase way and, and get familiar with what you're buying and how you're buying it. There might be a little bit better of a way to do it. I'm out, thanks. Why don't I hear that? This world we live in today. A oh, scary there we go. That's what we're trying to do. I was doing the wrong thing there. Boom, boom, boom. That's right. The stories that we tell and the stories that we've been told. We're here for motivation, education, inspiration. Thanks, Evan, for inspiring us. Alex Flores, what's up? I'm glad you're here with us this morning. Great to see you as usual. Hey, for those of you that know and those of you that don't know, this is the part of the show. I need you to hit that share button. That's right. If you haven't done so already, I need you to hit that share button because I believe if we can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact on this planet. I truly believe that. And sometimes all it takes to change the way somebody starts their day is for you to hit that share button. This is also the part of the show where we're going to do some dancing. That's right, Billy Sherm, A-Flow in the house. We're going to do some dancing, folks. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. An object at rest tends to stay at rest. So let's get that body moving. I don't care where you are in the world. I don't care what you got going on. I don't care who's looking, Aaron Lang. I need you to do some dancing this morning. Let's go, let's go. And lastly, this is the part of the show where I say good morning to you and you say good morning to me, all right? Whether you're watching live or on replay, say what's up and I'll say what's up back, all right? Good morning, Gloria Bond. Good morning, Brad Lewis. I see you, or B. Lewis. I see I am Tara 2022. Glad you're here. I see Ella. I see Jackie. I see Ian and Patricia and Soul and Pamela. I see Adrian and Nathaniel and Pam. I see Tony Schmidt is in the building. Rich Pintrick is up in here. What's up, Nathaniel Banks? Dora Maria, Eileen Mitnick, that's right, Alex Flores, good morning. What's up, Patrick A. Bad? That's a bad boy right there. That's a bad boy for those of y'all that don't know him. Good morning, Patrick. What's up, Stephanie Toadvine? Another killer in the building this morning. Jeff Baker in the building. Great to see you. What's up, Malcolm? How you doing, Travis and Gail? Bill Collins is up in here today. Cheryl Alexander, Jonathan Johnson, Jonathan Johnson, Natasha Smith. I see Dakota. I see Eli. I see Tim Hunt and Judy and Liddy. I see Carmel. I see Lafern. I see Catherine. I see uh, Nisa is up in here today. I see the queen, Renee Noor, is in the building. Hey, thank you all so much for being here with me today on this Wednesday morning. We are talking about the stories we tell, the stories we tell ourselves, the, the stories we've been told by others. We're talking about how those stories ultimately shape the reality of our lives. That's what we're talking about this morning. And I got some stories for you to really dive in. So let's keep this thing rocking and rolling. Thanks for being here with me this morning. Again, if you haven't done so already, share it out, all right? Fair enough, fair enough. Let's go.
of the day. So check it out. This morning, I opened up my Morning 5 Planner as I do every day. And when I open up the Morning 5 Planner, there's always a quote on the top. The quote today was submitted by Jojo Laricia. And here's what the quote said. The quote says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and suffers the loss of his own soul? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and suffers the loss? of his own soul. I read that this morning. I thought, man, amen to that, right? Amen to that. This experience that I just had over the last few days, uh, driving up to Virginia, spending time with Carter Myers Automotive Group, driving back, getting two tickets while I was on the way, getting home at 1.30 in the morning, having two hours of sleep, so on and so forth, right? That experience, if it was just about money, dude, I'd be so frustrated. I'd be so like mad. I'd be upset. I'd be like, this sucks. I'm never doing this again, right? That the story would be completely different. But because it's Feel It fills my soul. Doing this show every morning fills my soul. Spending time with Carter Myers Automotive fills my soul. It fills my spirit. Because of that, this, that's what shifts the story, right? So listen, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and suffers the loss of his own soul? Keep in mind, look at the things that you're chasing in your life and why are you chasing them? The story that you tell yourself, the story that we tell others, the story that you've been told ultimately is shaping your reality. Now, here's what's awesome. This quote right here that was shared by Jojo Laricia. I think I hear a hot mic on Clubhouse. This this, um, quote is actually, it's a Bible verse, right? It came from the number one best-selling book of all time. Do you know that? The Bible is the number one best-selling book of, of all time. According to the Guinness World Book of World Records, as of 1995, which was 30 years ago even, the Bible had sold 5 billion copies. 5 billion, billion copies. And that was freaking 30 years ago, right? I can't even imagine what that number is now. The second best-selling book of all time is the Harry Potter series, just to give you some comparison, sitting in, coming in at about 700 million, all right? So the Bible's been distributed 10 times as much as the Harry Potter series and shout out to the Harry Potter series for getting 700 million copies out there, right? Incredible. Now, both the Harry Potter series and the Bible use stories, historical stories in the Bible sense versus whimsical stories in the Harry Potter sense, but they use stories in order to invoke emotion, in order to... um help shift and alter the reality of the recipient of the story, right? We use stories in society to be able to paint pictures, to be able to share ideas, to be able to help other people see the world through our eyes. You see, I grew up in a very unique situation. Those of you that know me a little bit know it. Those of you that don't, I grew up with, my dad was black. My mom was white. They got divorced when I was 11. My mom got remarried, married a white dude. My dad got remarried, married a black woman. My mom and her new husband moved into Greenlaw Garden Apartments at 2600 East 7th Avenue, apartment number 28, Flagstaff, Arizona, 86001. My dad and his new wife moved into Greenlaw Garden Apartments at 2600 East 7th Avenue, apartment number 30, Flagstaff, Arizona, 86001, two doors down. 
So I grew up with my parents divorced, remarried, my mom being an all white house, my dad's being an all black house. I just went red on my signal like it's no longer streaming. All of a sudden, just out of nowhere, I just lost connection on Instagram. How did I even lose connection on Instagram? That's weird. Okay, now I'm back on Facebook. So I grew up in this unique situation, right? With an all black house and an all white house. And it's interesting because the stories from my childhood ultimately have shifted my reality to where it is today. For example, my my best friend growing up was a Native American kid by the name of James Sims. James Sims is, we've been friends since I was five years old. When I was in the Greenlaw Garden Apartments, me and James rolled together like every single day, right? Every single day. And James was, was, was the dude, right? Like we used to, we used to go rollerblading all the time. I mean, we rollerbladed everywhere, right? Like we rollerbladed everywhere. And when I say everywhere, everywhere, we rollerbladed to the mall. We rollerbladed across town to the other side of the city. I mean, we would rollerblade 15 miles a day. I mean, we rollerbladed everywhere. And I remember one time, James, we were in the courtyard there at Greenlaw Garden Apartments and James set up all the other kids in the courtyard had them lay there on the sidewalk and we were seeing how many we could jump over on our rollerblades. First we did one kid, then two kids, then three kids, then four kids, then five, right? And at one point we had eight kids laying on the sidewalk and James comes full speed from the other side of the courtyard, right? He's going to jump over these eight kids and he goes to take the leap and his rollerblade, the front of his rollerblade kicks the first kid in the ribs and James goes supermaning over the top of all the kids, right? Goes supermaning right over the top of him lands flat on his face on his chest on all of that slides to a screeching halt right just face bloodied and marred and all of that right and he stands up man he just stands up and he's like I think I better go home now, <laughs> right? Like, all oh, wobbly. And he just takes off and goes home, dude. Like, James was always a gangster. He taught me the way he lived his life, taught me to be courageous in mind. He taught me that we might get some bumps and some bruises along the way. We might get a nose bloodied. We might, all of those things might happen, but we still have to take the shot. We have to take the chance. We have to go for it. We have to tell a story in our mind that we can, that we will, and that we must. James taught me to be courageous. I also learned so much about compassion from my best friend, James. You see, James's family had more money than my family did when we grew up. And so my family, we always had enough. We never went without. There just wasn't any excess. James's family had a lot of excess. And so in James's family, Christmas was crazy. They'd have so many presents on Christmas that he would like come out and play for a while and then go back a few hours later and still have more presents to open. And he would always get like the best presents, the, the most modern technology, the coolest gaming systems, the remote control car. He would always get all the coolest stuff. And then James and I would get together every single Christmas. We would get together and James would look through the couple presents that I got and be like, that's super cool. And then he'd show me the things that he got. And if there was anything that he got that I liked, he always got Christmas money too. So if there was anything that I liked of his stuff, then James and I would go to the store and he'd buy me one of whatever it was he had so that I could have one too. 
he'd have a $300 remote control car. We'd go to the hobby shop. He'd buy me a $300 remote control car. You see, the kid taught me compassion, man. He could have said, well, my stuff's cooler than yours. My life's better than yours. I'm better than you. I live in the townhomes. You live in the apartments. But no, man. He just said compassion. He was like, if I have it, I want you to have it too. James taught me to be courageous. James taught me to be compassionate. And it's these stories of my childhood that ultimately shape who I am today. James used to always invite me over for anything that they were doing. If they were going fishing or if they were going to go camping or just have to sleep over, sleep over slumber parties over at his house. Like he always invited me. Now I didn't always go. I'm not really a big fan of camping <laughs> or those types of things, right? Like I'm not really a big fan of all of those things. But he always invited me, always, no matter what it was that his family was doing, he always, I always had an invite. I always had a seat at his table. And so through his story, the way that he lived his life, James helped teach me all about inclusion. The stories that he was told, wherever they came from, the stories from his upbringing, whoever told him to be the way that that, that he is. I mean, the dude has made an impact in my life for 39 years now. Taught me to be courageous. Taught me to be compassionate. Taught me to be inclusive. All through the stories he told. Not just through his words, but ultimately through his actions. You see, the stories that we're told, the stories that we tell, they ultimately create our reality. It's the stories that make up the experience of who we are. We were sitting at, uh, he came and visited me last week for 4th of July and he brought his two beautiful daughters uh, with him. And we were, we were sitting over at the, uh, at the, at the restaurant and, <laughs> and we started sharing some of our not so kind and nice stories with his daughters. And just to see the look on their faces when they got to learn more about who their dad was as a kid. And it was such an honor to be able to tell them some of the crazy stuff that we did, but also to be able to tell them the story of the courageous, compassionate, and inclusive father that they have. And I know that those stories will make an impact on them as well. The stories that we're told, the stories we experience, and the stories that we tell ultimately make up our reality. You know, it's funny. Studies have shown that our, re our memories aren't actually that reliable, that we actually shift the way we remember things, right? That we shift the story in order for it to fit whatever mold or shape that we want, that we want it to fit, that our, my, my remembrance of exactly what, what it was like with James would not be exact. Like if there was a video camera there, right? But it's funny that it's funny that we can shift those things in order to fuel or feed. My, my stream is going out again. It must be making some of this, this show is hitting hard with somebody this morning. 
But it's amazing how we have the power to be able to shift that to either serve us or to not. You know, the reason the Bible is the number one best-selling book of all time is because it's a compilation of stories. A compilation of stories that were told about a man named Jesus. And I'm always fascinated. I'm fascinated. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, dude. It's so funny how, how it works like that. Boom. The stream just went completely out. As soon as I said the name Jesus, the stream went completely out. <laughs> now the stream's back. It's funny, funny, funny. A compilation of stories about a man that impacted and changed the world, right? It's the stories that people told of Jesus. It's the stories that have been told for thousands of years, generations on generations and generations. The way that Jesus used stories, that he used stories to help shape people, to help people to get, to, to get people to act, to get people to respond. Jesus knew the, the power of story. The people that wrote of Jesus knew the power of story. And so this week, we've been talking about two doors down, the way that I grew up and the experiences that I had in my childhood that were unique in many ways. But there's one part of what we'll share this week that we'll talk about that we all share. There's one part that's the same. I grew up in a unique situation, but the one thing that about us is this, that, that that's the same is that we have the ability to shift the stories, the stories that once hurt us, the stories that harmed us, the stories that keep us in a negative space. We have the power to shift those stories in a powerful and impactful way. And not only do we have the ability to, but I think in many ways we have the responsibility to. You see, we have the responsibility to carry ourselves in a certain light. We have a responsibility in today's day and age, in a dark, dark, dark world. We have a responsibility to be the James in other people's lives. To walk and act and talk with courageousness. To walk and talk and act with compassion. To walk and talk and act with intentional inclusion. To bring people in and say, hey, I don't know what story you were told, but here's the real story. The real story is that you, my friend, are a child of God, the God of the universe, the God that made everything. And that God made you uniquely and specifically to become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. Not an average version, not a below average version, not a little bit above average version, but the absolute best version that you can possibly be. And listen, if nobody's told you yet today, let me be the first. I absolutely stink and love you. I do. You are loved. And I believe that's our responsibility to grab as many people as humanly possible and tell them that story to let them know that they are included, to let them know that there's a compassionate father that loves them and humans right here on earth that will embrace them and to let them know that they can step into who they are courageously. Because who they are, the uniqueness that makes them them, the story of their life 
matters. It matters. I believe that's what we're here to do. That's the story I'm telling myself and the story I'm telling you. What's true for them is true for you. So take that out there today on this hump day and go out there and make an impact. Thank you so much for being here with me this morning. I'm going to go hang out over on Clubhouse. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. It's so weird that I'm not hearing that. Oh, I see why. Okay. All right. I'm going to go hang out over on um, Clubhouse. I'm going to go hang out over on Clubhouse. Feel free to come hang out with me over there. If you would like, we're going to discuss this a little bit further. Uh, but seriously, thanks so much for being here today. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and share this sucker out into the into, into the world. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to hear this story because the, the story they're currently telling themselves is no bueno. You feel me? You feel me? Hey, shout out James Sims. I love you, brother. You guys blow him up today. Go find him on Facebook or whatever. He's not really on socials, uh, but go find this dude right here. Yeah, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for him. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Get out of here. See you guys.